Welcome to the Family Room, sponsored by Versprite, where we offer hope, encouragement, and wisdom centered on biblical truth and Catholic teaching, because God's kingdom begins at home. Now welcome your hosts, Mari, John, and Craig, right here on AM 1160, The Quest. Today's going to be a little more of a unique show because we're going to recap some of the best of 22 Uh, give you our insights into that and then we're going to talk a little bit about 23 so before we begin john murray welcome into a new year yes welcome happy new year john would you pray for us yes i will in the name of the father and the son of the holy spirit amen Amen. heavenly father we we come to you with thanks and praise it's you were so wise to give us memory and not clairvoyance and and we just ask that you leverage that blessing today as we look back over 2022 that you use this time to inspire us and to inspire our listeners to prick our consciences uh, where they need to be pricked, but mostly to just bless this time together and let it be an outpouring of your spirit on us and on the listeners that we might come to know and do your will and commit to a deeper and better and more faithful walk with you in 2023 than we had in 2022. Father, we ask all these things in Jesus' mighty name. Amen. 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 Of the Father and the Son of the Holy Spirit. Amen. Amen. So as Craig just said, this is going to be a bit of a look back at 2022. And anybody who might be new to um, what we do here in the family room is we always say at the end, you know, we're here to offer hope, encouragement, truth and wisdom for families and for marriages. And so our guests, the guests we try to have come on are guests who are talking about topics that are at the heart of that, at the heart of family, at the heart of marriage, um, the challenging situations that we're finding, um, the ways that as Catholics, we can speak into this really challenging culture right now mm-hmm. um, and talk about issues that are really important to us, like pro-life issues, for example. How do we as how do we as um, supporters of being pro-life and of supporters of life, how do we have those conversations and what it, what how can we get involved um, or marriages? You know, if you have a marriage going through a rocky time, what do you do in the midst of that? If you've got a child who has addiction issues, what do you do with that? Um, just how do you be a um, it, how do you evangelize and share faith in your everyday life? So what we've got today is we've got some of the wonderful shows that we've had in the past um, where we've talked to priests, we've talked to lay people, we've talked to ministry leaders, um, we've talked to all kinds of different people. And here's just a glimpse back at, at about, I guess, about 10 or so of the folks. Yep. Yeah. Some folks from here yep. in Atlanta, some yep. international national speakers. I think that's great. This will be an awesome trip down memory lane. The first clip we're going to listen to is Father John Bartunik, a legionary of Christ priest here in the Atlanta Diocese. Uh, great storyteller, and uh, let's get into the clip. I was hearing this phrase over and over again. I don't know, you're probably hearing it every once in a while. I'm spiritual, but I'm not religious. Right? Mm. I mean, I, I was a hearing lot. it. I a feel lot. like that was predominant, especially on the West Coast. Because, oh yeah, right. Mm-hmm. Exactly. It's, yeah. And it's more and more present. You know, yeah. so you you have this divorce between spiritual Mm -hmm. and religious, Mm -hmm. which is false. It doesn't need to be that way. But if they say they're spiritual, then they've had some kind of a spiritual experience. So let's start there and let's help them unpack that. And let's help them discover what that really means and help them ask the next question so that that spiritual experience can become a step towards a relationship with their creator and their redeemer. So yeah, there was a replay of the clip from uh, Father Bartunik, and I thought was interesting is, you know, today's world, he talks about, without saying it there, being in relationship with people. 
Because, you know, he talks about going deeper with people when they say, I'm spiritual, not religious, instead of arguing with them. Mm -hmm. He talks about engaging them. Why do you feel the way asking them questions? And I think throughout his interview, there was a recurring theme of, you know, let's stop preaching, let's stop teaching in some regards, and let's start living hand in hand with people and really loving them. Mm -hmm. You know, the old statement, nobody wants to... What, hear what you know until they know how much you care? Or yeah. however that goes. They don't, yeah, they, care. they don't care what care you what know. Care what you know until they know that you care. you care. Yeah. Yeah. yeah, and I think that was, for me, that was a big takeaway from that, mm -hmm. is just, you know, living with those people, not fighting them, not debating them, but just being like, well, tell me, why do you feel that way? And really drawing into relationship. Yeah, and I loved how he talked about <clears throat> helping them see that the spiritual experiences they had like asking questions, getting excited about the spiritual experiences they had, and then the Holy Spirit's going to do the work, right? The yep. Holy Spirit's going to do the work in, in reaching their hearts and helping them understand that that relationship is actually Jesus. What they're experiences, experiencing, whether they know it or not, is actually Jesus. And, um, and you know, it, listening, one of the things we'll encourage you all to do is to go back and listen to the full episode because the full episode has oh, a yeah. beautiful story yes. of him and his dad yep. and him just being like you just said, Craig, him being in relationship with his dad every day and just how the Holy Spirit, it was, it brought us all to tears. It was amazing. It was, it was an amazing, it's worth a listen. Um, the thing that came to my mind is I, I'm a firm believer that the devil's most powerful tool is to believe, have, have all us believe that he doesn't exist and he's not messing around in mm -hmm. our daily lives. And, and I, he's the divider, right? And so there's a division, spiritual and religious, and he, he wants that to happen. If you're having that spiritual experience, of course, there's going to be a connection, but he can't let that happen, right? Mm -hmm. and, and so he divides, but and Father Bartunek's message is one of unity, right? So don't, be, don't divide, don't go conquer that with an intellectual debate understand that there's a division there and help make the connection. Get your arms around that person the way you want them to get their arms around this concept of spiritual and religious. So I thought he did an awesome job. Yeah. Well, and that's what Jesus did, right? He exactly. came. That was the whole reason Jesus came was to have intimate relationship with people. And if you read about his ministry, if you read the scriptures, it's so beautiful how he entered so deeply, richly, intimately into people's everyday lives. And so that's what God is calling us to do as well. And that's who, how we work through us. And I think Father Bartunik just gave us um, really practical and beautiful and doable ways to do that. Yep. Building the kingdom. Yeah, he's a great storyteller. So to just to listen to his two examples um, really do draw you into, you know, the knowledge of Christ just by his story and his life that he lived. The next clip we're going to be listening to is one where we talked with Kathy Schneider, who has a beautiful heart for women who are facing um, difficult or unwanted pregnancies. And she is a advocate on the sidewalks, but she is more than that. She walks with people, talk about having relationships. She has relationships with these women and these men every day. And actually, this was our most listened to episode, most downloaded episode of 2022. So take a listen. One couple that was having marital trouble and we um, were able to get them some marital counseling. They're still together. And at the time she was um, still pregnant and they were doing well, stable. And um, he calls me one day and I, you know, I'm always talking to the girls, not the guy. And I'm like, oh, maybe she's in labor, but it's way early. What's he calling me for? And he's like, Kathy, you know, it's John. And I was like, what's up, honey? You know, what's the matter? And he's like, I'm at work and there's a girl crying in the break room. And like, she just, I talked to her and she's going to have an abortion. And I said, you got to talk to this lady, Kathy, and oh. I want to pay it forward. Can you please try to save her baby? Oh and so like, here's this guy calling me from work because this girl's got an appointment for abortion. And she said, she told me she would talk to you. And so 
that afternoon, I drove to Podunk Junction and met this girl, and we talked to her for some time, and she didn't go through with it. And her baby's now born. And so this, so we've had a, several of those, like, pay it forward, which are beautiful. So I love those. So that was an amazing conversation, right? Yeah. There, there's something I took away from that, though. Just I, I think about myself, and I think about the pro-life thing, and I think about final judgment. And I don't want to go and stand before my maker and he says, John, what was your stance on abortion? And I say, oh, Lord, I just didn't like it. I did not like it. And he goes, and? And I'm like, well, I just didn't like it. What mm. else, right? What did you do about it? Yeah. And um, that can be kind of daunting. And, and what I saw in, or heard in that clip was John knew something had to be done. He knew he wasn't the guy, but he had a resource. Yeah. And he went to his resource. So he did two things that I think is really good for us. Number one, know where your resources are, where your where are the weapons that you have for this battle? And then knowing that, take the opportunity. Don't back away from it. Yeah. But you can't take the opportunity till you know you've got some resources, right? Yeah. So I thought that was just informative in that regard. That's a great that's a great concept there. Yeah, it's interesting too, because going back to, you know, what you said earlier about uh, Father Bartunic and that, that conversation, um, Jesus, right? Mm. Jesus came into the lives of, you know, the Jews in that world and interacted in their lives. He came in and he lived with them. He touched them. He hugged them. He kissed them. Everything that the culture said, you're not allowed to do right. because of mm -hmm. all of their laws. Yep. Our laws are set up to protect. Mm -hmm. That's what they were. Let's protect everybody ostracize those people and Christ came in and did the opposite right and I think again I'm maybe redundant when it comes to this but again relationships yeah a guy John paid attention to somebody's pain mm -hmm. didn't ignore mm -hmm. it didn't say it's not my point to get involved mm -hmm. went to somebody out of love didn't you know didn't sound like you know hey you're a terrible person you can't do this had enough care and concern like Christ would yeah. and said, as you said, John, there's another resource I'm going to go to. And again, it's just being Christ in situations. Yeah. And one of, one of the things I loved about this episode, too, and there's so much, it's so such a rich episode, is finding out all the things that our friends who are really walking day to day in the pro-life movement are doing. They're not just praying outside right. abortion clinics. They're right. actually building relationships. John had a relationship with Kathy because Kathy had reached into John and his, uh, his girlfriend's life, his girlfriend, I became wife's life at that point in time when they were in crisis. Um, Kathy and her group, they help people get jobs. They help people, you heard on this one, get marriage counseling. They help people furnish homes. They help uh, walk through all kinds of challenges with folks. So they're living, they're accompanying, to use your word, Craig, they're accompanying them day to day, and it's just incredible. Um, in this clip, you also, or in this show, if you listen to it, you'll also hear about walking with moms in need, which is right. a wonderful- Huge new ministry here in the Archdiocese of Atlanta. So um, so we just tell you, go again, go back and listen to this full episode. So this next clip that we're going to listen to is Liz Young. And Liz, I think, is from PATH, uh, Post-Abortion Treatment. Treatment and Healing. Mm -hmm. And um, she's going to say some things and share some things that absent a Christian perspective, would cause us, I think, to just shut down, dismiss, and be guilty of many of the things that folks who are pro-choice accuse us of being guilty of. And so uh, we're going to hear uh, from Liz, and we're going to hear some, some very honest things, and then we'll understand how we approach it. So let's listen to the, to the clip from Liz. You know, first of all, I'd like to say that a mother's job is to 
nurture, and protect. Mm -hmm. And when a woman experiences an abortion, um, she fails her child. You know, Mm -hmm. she is not nurturing and she's not protecting that child. And, you know, so we suffer emotionally and spiritually. We've got these wounds and they are triggered in many different ways. Some of those symptoms can be um, uh, anxiety, just this overwhelming anxiousness and or women may be, I was uncomfortable with being around babies and pregnant women mm-hmm. and being at baby showers. Mm-hmm. Um, even when my own sister started having her own children, I was jealous of her of her pregnancies and I was uncomfortable to be around her and my little nephews. Mm-hmm. Um, and um, another common symptom, I've had three abortions and it's that repeat pattern of repeating the unplanned pregnancies. Um, mm-hmm. it's, it's another common symptom. Um, full of anger and irritability, just being on edge. And that's the longer I, you know, as I got into years since my abortions, I was full of that anger and irritability, and I didn't even know where that was coming from. Mm. Um, and, and what's so prevalent with uh, uh, many of us, most of us, is the guilt and the shame. Those were our constant companions. And it causes us to have difficulties with intimate relationships. And I don't mean just boyfriend, girlfriend, husband, wife. I mean, we keep people at arm's mm-hmm. length, not letting them to get to, to mm-hmm. know the real us mm-hmm. for many years. So, you know, interesting when listening to that clip, you know, John, you, you mentioned it in the intro, truth, right? We hear a lot of rhetoric about what people do or don't feel in sin, mm-hmm. abortion in this particular case. But yet she talked about, the underlying anger, anxiety. I mean, things we're all looking at today that you see all over the place when there is no dialogue. But it all goes back to it. And, and the key part is it goes back to hurt. Mm-hmm. It goes back mm-hmm. to that brokenness, Wounded. that woundedness yeah. that um, people don't even know they have, right? Mm-hmm. She's like, I don't even know how, why I was anxious or I don't know why all these things but yet that's where the devil wanted to keep her so that you're not in relationship. Yeah. I couldn't be around. I couldn't be in relationships. Yeah. Yeah. So that was really interesting. Yeah. That part struck me too. The fact that she kept people at arm's length. You're right. You know, here in the family room, we go to the difficult places. And I think this episode was one where we went where, where it needed to go, where the conversation needed to go. And so we don't shy away from tough topics. And, and in this case, um, Liz Young and Marianne McNeil um, work with an organization called Cat Path, as you heard from the intro with John, and they, they have worked with hundreds of women who have gone through abortions, who've had abortions. And Liz herself, you heard say she had gone through, she had had three abortions, and yet now she is using that experience to minister, to, to, to be there for other people who've gone through. And we hear from a lot of people on the opposite side of us that yeah. there is no impact that this, you know, this was nothing that didn't impact people and they just went on with their lives and they had great careers. And Liz is telling you from her personal experience, you can't argue with that, what she experienced. And she and Marianne have talked to hundreds of women who've had the same experiences. Yeah, and I think we hear hear all the time um, quotes from, you know, Jesus and the woman caught in adultery. You know, Mm -hmm. he didn't condemn and he didn't. You know, has no one condemned you? woman and, and she says no and he says nor do I now go on and, and, and sin no more yeah and I think what Liz and team are doing is is welcoming you know there's no condemnation yeah. now we're going to help you heal and walk the path that you need to walk awesome 
Right. Yeah. We want to be with you. We want to accompany you. We want to be beside you. Yep. And so once again, this is one of those episodes that we would encourage you to go back and listen to. It had a lot of listeners during the time when we first aired it. But yeah, go on back into the you can reach each of these actually by going into um, the Quest app and then you can go on and listen to local shows and find the family room. And you can also stream it if you just go to the com forward slash the family room. That's another easy way to get to these. This next clip is going to be from Mike and Lori Carlton, a family here, a couple here in the Archdiocese of Atlanta. We have six children. A little bit lighter topic than the one we just heard on abortion because, um, you know, the show is a lot about their marriage. But in this particular clip, we're really talking about how do you get your kids engaged and interested in the faith? And I think they do a, a good practical job of telling us here's little tiny ways that aren't going to strain you that you can really yeah. introduce your faith to your kids and it doesn't interrupt everybody's life yeah. right try having one of your kids read the gospel on the way to mass mm-hmm. you'll be surprised how easy it is because you're on the way put the phones down you're in the car anyway and what happens at mass when they hear the gospel read liturgy of the word they've heard it now for the second time mm-hmm. they'll third. be paying much more attention when they hear it, when they experience, uh, in, enhance the experience of mass because you've already prepped them. That's something you can do pretty easy to do. That's what I would suggest. Yeah, I think the car, uh, taking advantage of being in the car is huge mm. uh, because it's hard to get them even when you're all home. Mm-hmm. Um, we, When they were little, I started saying the rosary in the car with them when we, on the way to school. That's mm-hmm. what we always did from the time they were itty bitty. Um, I was lucky that's something I started. I wish I would have started other traditions too, but so now uh, they're in high school Although they're driving themselves, uh, if we are in the car together, I might say to one of them, do you mind saying a decade of the rosary with me? And our tradition is uh, to alternate Hail Marys or say it around the circle and um, say one uh, prayer request before you say the Hail Mary. So, mm-hmm. And they're used to it. So they don't they don't complain because we've always done that. So that was fun. That that actually took me back to my carpool days. I didn't know about you guys. Uh, Barb did that. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So it was fun. I mean, I had kind of similar things. We always listened to the Christian radio stations. We sang together. We prayed. We talked. Okay, what prayer requests? Who's got what coming up in school today? And we did prayer requests in the car on the way to way to school. Just a way to make faith part of life just yeah. this is this is who we are this is how we talk and even to this day i know with my kids they're both in college and i get i'll get an email mom i have a huge test please yeah, pray please right pray. now prayers yeah <laughs> yeah so lightened it up awesome to i'll give it a touch more serious bend and i think about the uh, scripture that says my word does not return to me empty but accomplishes my will And Mm. and the reason I say that is because you got a bunch of kids in the car. I know that I went through formation in high school. So you got a bunch of adolescents, you know, boys from age 14 to 18. God only knows what's going on in all of that. Well, we all know what's going on with all of that. But we read scripture. We did things and we were like, Mm. but that word was planted. Yeah. And 20, 30, 40 years later. It doesn't return to him void. It accomplishes his will. What the Carltons planted is not going to return to God void. It will accomplish God's will, whether the kids got it and were profoundly moved 
which is not likely the case. I don't want to diss on the Carlton kids, <laughs> but it may not be the case. But still, his will and his word is his word and his will are accomplished. That's beautiful. Well, I think it ties back to what the Proverbs right: train up a child in the way yeah. that you right. go, yeah. right? And when they are old, they will not depart from it. There's no promise that in between they may not <laughs> depart from it. Some may have. <laughs> <laughs> we get to the very end that says, in the end, they will not depart yes. from it. Yeah. And you know, I think, like, I know the Carlton's personally, and they're a beautiful couple. And I hope uh, I'm going to share a little something he told me the other day. Their oldest son just got engaged. Oh, All right. wow. And uh, to a very faithful Catholic young, young lady with a very faithful Catholic family. But what was interesting was uh, Mike said his oldest son was a huge apologist, meaning he could defend the faith from top to bottom. He had a strict criteria. I only want to marry a Catholic girl. I only want, and it literally it was like, okay, that's one and a half percent maybe of the whole population. But he wasn't really going to churches faithfully, you know, had a understanding and knowledge of his faith, but may not have been going as regularly. And I'm going to say, due to the family's faithfulness to God, he runs into this young girl while he's at a school teaching Checks every single box. Uh-huh. Very faithful family. They go to mass every Sunday together, and they and they pray together. And I just think those little things that we may discount can have profound impact down the road. We just never know because yeah. we don't see the future. But that doesn't mitigate the fact that we need to do our job every single day in little ways. Yeah. And I thought yeah. it was beautiful and I love that outcome. Yeah, yeah, it was great. And there is hope. There is great hope. Oh my gosh, yes. Yeah. And um just realizing parents, what you're doing, the little thing like you just said, keep doing what you're doing every day. And God's word is living. His word is living. So if you're introducing your kids to his word, it's it's beautiful. And we gotta remember they're God's kids. They are. We're yeah. we're just temporarily in Caretakers. charge of them. And we have to trust. You said it. We have to trust that God is going to lead them. Yeah. Yeah. So our next clip kind of follows along on the same theme we just heard with the Carltons. Mm-hmm. In this one, we're talking with Becky Eldridge. She's a nationally known speaker, author. She works a lot of times with women's groups, but she introduces us to her family in the way that the Carltons did. So you're going to hear two clips. One is Becky talking about prayer time with her family and then her getting a little bit deeper and richer with us and talking about the importance of prayer. Let's listen. I think we can set some unrealistic expectations for what prayer and family life looks like. Y'all, it is messy. Like, yeah. it is. Um, <laughs> kids are poking each other. Dogs are jumping in. Like, I want to just make sure we're realistic about this is not, like, in a monastery, five people praying together. Each child like, holding a votive candle. That's so exactly steadily. what I was imagining, the candles. No, I think we need to be real realistic. We normally pile in one of the kids' beds. And, and it is, so, I mean, again, you're like sea otters or puppies piled on top of each other, and, which means there's a lot of love and there's a few nips. Like, y'all know what I mean, yeah. you know? Yep. And yep. so I just want to be realistic to those of y'all listening, but let's not set unrealistic expectations for what prayer and family life looks like. Why pray? To me, prayer is the language of God. Mm. Right. It's one of the many ways we can relate to God. Obviously, the sacraments. I mean, that's mm-hmm. a huge one. And we can't always have the sacraments available to us every single moment of the day, which that would be kind of cool. But that can't that's not the way it works. Right. But prayer allows us to engage in relationship 
with God. And what happens is the more and more we pause to be with God, we get to know who he is. And we reveal more and more about who we are. And so when I just think of Jesus, who I love, he's real to me as my husband and kids, <laughs> but Jesus, ta- I mean, it's, it's going to take us a lifetime plus to finally fully understand who he is. Mm. And so prayer is as we come into prayer, and especially as we come into the word, the living word of God, Jesus reveals more and more of himself to us and reveals the aspects of who he is that I think we need at that moment of life. So what I thought was awesome about that is Barb had in her office uh, a picture of the, in the preschool office. It said, you know, let the little children come to me. Uh-huh. And he also said, unless you become as children. So when I listened to Becky and I listened to the dog pile, I don't know if that's the right <laughs> term. Of pray, you know, we're going to have a prayer dog pile now on the bed or otters, whatever they were. I thought about Jesus just looking at that and chuckling and loving it. And I understand why Becky felt the way she did about it. Yeah, that. yeah. Yeah, no, that's awesome. The takeaway I had was really the, I think, a second clip was about prayer, because mm. I'm also listening to uh, Catechism in a Year, yeah. and yeah. Yeah. Father Mike talks about how Jesus Christ is the full revelation of God, but he doesn't expose himself to us all at once, right. mm. and how she keeps referencing continuing to be in prayer God will reveal, or Christ will reveal more of himself and his nature to us the more time we spend with him. But the other component of it was, and then who I am becomes revealed in that prayer. He reveals who I am. Right. Not what the world told me or not whatever. And then you wrap that into, let's not make this so serious. Let's have some fun. If you got little kids, big kids, don't be so serious all the time. And it can be messy. It can be messy. 100% Mm -hmm. messy. And you said, though. Jesus has got to be smiling. He's got to be sitting yeah. there going, this is awesome. Look at I that. want to jump in the pile. Right, right. You know, and I know I'm guilty sometimes in mass when my husband and my kids start messing around because I, my husband and kids are hilarious and they, they do. They love to mess with each other and poke at each other and everything. And so I realized that during mass, I was getting like the church lady, you know, I was getting like more and more angry, like, oh my gosh, well, they're, they're messing you around. used to be HR, so I get that. <laughs> yes, I was. So, and then I realized, wait a second, they're, they're sitting in their father's house. They're loving, they're loving each other. They're demonstrating who they are. And Jesus is probably laughing along too. I mean, they don't do it, obviously. They're not doing it disrespectfully. They're not doing it at inappropriate times, but, um, but just being okay with some of the mess, knowing that this is part of relationship and it's, it's really okay. And I love how Becky makes it real for us. And so her kids are going to have a really um, positive memory of what prayer means and what prayer time is. And it it doesn't have to be everybody sitting around a a table, sitting in straight back chairs, reading a devotional, like you said, with a votive candle in the middle, right? (laughs) right. But um, but we're just doing life together. I think that's so beautiful. Amen. So we'll be back and we'll have more clips for you from 2022. We'll be right back inside the family room in moments. Sponsored by Versprite on the quest in today's world cybersecurity is critical for your business award-winning versprite provides solutions to protect your company from hackers for protection now see versprite.com that's versprite.com the quest thanks versprite for their support the quest presents pro-life minutes Healthcare providers should care about health right 
Why then has Planned Parenthood's actual women's health care services dropped over 72% in the last 10 years? Abortion is not health care. Abortion kills. Planned Parenthood is the largest abortion provider in the United States with 700 abortion facilities. And in the 2019 fiscal year, they ended 345,672 innocent American lives. This is an increase of 13,000 in the last year and 25,000 over the last two years. To put that in context, that is about half the population of Washington, D.C. Why then does the United States government continue to send the millions of taxpayer dollars in funding and grants year after year? If we don't stop them, no one will. Let's love God by loving life. Show the world that every life matters by speaking up for life at every opportunity. For more homegrown wisdom, visit thequestatlanta.com. Here at The Quest, we often hear how our programs touch hearts and change lives. Now more than ever, people need to hear the truth and beauty of the Catholic faith. As a 100% listener-supported station, The Quest relies on monthly donations to stay on the air. Please consider making a monthly donation to The Quest and help us continue to provide inspiring Catholic programming. Monthly donors are the lifeblood of the station. Visit thequestatlanta.com to donate. Thank you for your support. Hi, this is AJ with The Quest. Did you know that we are on a mission to invite, inform, and inspire listeners like you? We want you to embrace your journey and take one step closer to God by not only listening, but engaging with us. In fact, we could use your help with making this vision a reality. I ask you to prayerfully consider joining us as a missionary to help with volunteer tasks at our studio in Roswell, Georgia. If you feel called to help and would like to learn more, please send us an email at info at thequestatlanta.com. Does your parish, charitable organization, or ministry have an upcoming event that you'd like to promote? Advertise it on AM 1160, the Quest Community Calendar. It's easy and there's never a fee. Just visit thequestatlanta.com, click on events, and submit your activity or event. Enhance the success of your community outreach event. Take advantage of the Quest Atlanta's complimentary community calendar and gain more exposure to the Metro Faith community. Submit your event at thequestatlanta.com today. St. Joseph was a man of few words. In fact, not a single word of his was recorded in Scripture. But the Father of Jesus spoke abundantly in his silence, and he certainly gave us a lot to talk about. Want to go deeper? Listen to the St. Joseph series on your Quest app and on thequestatlanta.com. Welcome back to The Family Room with Mari, John, and Craig, sponsored by Versprite on AM 1160 The Quest. We're going to listen to two clips from Christopher West. If everybody remembers, he's you know the expert on theology of the body. Mm-hmm. And uh, had a great awakening of what theology of the body really means, what it is for us, and frankly, why it came into existence through uh, St. John Paul II at the time that it did. So why don't we listen to those clips now? And this is why Ephesians 5 is a summa, or summary, of the whole biblical story. Here's the whole story in five words. This whole Bible summed up in Ephesians 5 in five words. God wants to marry us. Mm -hmm. That's That's the whole Bible. That's the whole Bible. Theology of the body is the very logic of Christianity. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. If you believe in the Incarnation... (laughs) If you believe in Christmas, you believe that God reveals himself through the human body. Yeah. That's what theology of the body is in its very essence. Does it shine a bright light on marriage? Well, yeah, of course, because Christ is the bridegroom and the church is the bride, and that's what marriage is a sacrament of. 
But it's not only for married people, yeah. theology of the body. I, I like to say, if you have a body, this theology is for you. <laughs> and that would mean all of us. I guess what hit me, the first thing, just I love those five words. God wants to marry us. I've never, I never had thought about that mm-hmm, before. Right. Um, and I know I've heard Christ is the bridegroom. We are, the church is the bride. And it's a love, the Bible's a love story. Yes. Yeah. The Bible's yeah. a love mm-hmm. story. And, but just stopping and pondering, I think I could stop and ponder on that, those five words for a long time and think about all that that means. Yeah. There's a lot of people I love that I wouldn't want to marry. <laughs> it really puts great perspective on it. Right? Yeah. yeah. The other thing that I thought, I, I'm not necessarily a rule follower, but I like to have rules behind all the decisions I make and behind all the things that I want people to do in my job. Like, I, I want you to do this, not because it's my emotional, that's kind of how I like it. There's a reason. I, mm-hmm. I thought through this, right? What he does is he helps us. He says it's the logic. It's You don't have to. I wish I had read Christopher West when I was struggling with a lot of things that I struggled with because I was struggling with an emotion on one side and an emotion on the other side and I had no logic to connect them. Mm. And he made that connection. Yeah. Yeah, you know, the whole marriage thing, the intimacy of that, you know, for being a guy, quite honestly, I've struggled with that because thinking of Christ as the bridegroom and me being a bride just doesn't equate because mm. we're both guys. And yeah. you look terrible in a veil. I, I do. I've tried it. It's not a good look for me. But at the same time, you know, it's just that intimacy of that relationship. What does it yeah. mean? You know, you're, the two shall become one. Your souls become yes. one, as we heard from, um, I think it was Father Altier when we had that conversation. Right. Um, not just our bodies, but your souls become one. What does that mean? Well, now I think and act and move mm-hmm. like Christ did. Mm-hmm. Well, Christ thought and moved and acted like his father did. So now we're intimately mm. intertwined. Wow. And the tie to that was the beauty of, and I'm going to say this wrong, but how our, our, our bodies are the representation of that or however he said it. Mm-hmm. Which speaks back to why he bothered to come in bodily form, right? Mm, why yeah. did he come as Jesus? So he could live and experience and have everything that we had. And through that, overcome the stuff that I battle every day. Mm-hmm. And I can actually look at that bridegroom and sit there and go, you really do get it. Even though I may not understand, you get every intimate thing that I go through. And I think when you put those two together, it was like, wow, that's pretty intense. Wow. It is. That was that's, really well said. That was really well said. Yeah. Deep, I like profound. That. Yeah. Yeah. And just that whole. Thank yes. Thank you for that. <laughs> yeah. Thank you. It is. There's it's so much to think about. And um, John, going back to what you said about have, like wanting to have some rules behind it. Part of that is the integrity um, it's virtue. Yeah. It's it's all of that. It's the foundation. And I think that's what's crumbling for a lot of, for in our country a lot today is just that foundation of having those, not so much the rules, but the integrity, the virtue, the principles. Yeah. And, and the word I use rules was probably a bad choice of words, really. It's, it's the logic and the reason. And it does, it debunks two really bad things in the church. One is that faith and reason don't work together Mm -hmm. because they absolutely do. And the other is the whole dualism. The body is bad and the soul and spirit are good. And honestly, that's that's a legitimate struggle. And we hear it a lot. Mm -hmm. Right. We hear it a lot. It's either all for the body and forget the other or the body's bad. And and that's where the whole idea of sex being dirty and all those things happens. It's like it's um, it's not a rule. It's it's a. It's just a blend. It's a bonding of, right. of spirit and faith, or faith and, and reason. 
And that's why theology of the body is so important. And I don't know enough about it. I wish I knew more. Um, listen to this episode with Christopher West. You'll get a great um, insight into it. But the next clip we're going to hear is also Christopher talking right. about who wrote it. Uh, I mean, whose writings it came from and why it was so important. So take a listen to this next clip. Whenever there's been a great crisis, the Holy Spirit has raised up a great saint Mm-hmm. to give us the theological antidote to the crisis of the time. And the crisis of our times, hello, it is a sexual crisis. Mm-hmm. We don't know anymore what it even means that we are male and female. Yeah. For such a time as this have we been given St. John Paul II and his antidote, the theology of the body. So I, I love that because it's, it's relevant to our conversation, but it also fits into another concept. It's like, why does God allow evil? Why doesn't God just smite these people who have these crazy ideas? And, God, and, and when Christopher West said it was for a time such as this, mm-hmm. God is using this, all of this mess, and he raised up just an amazing saint and, and gave us a powerful tool. And it really helps us understand why the agitations are allowed because of the great the great that they produce. Yeah, you know, it's interesting because we've talked about creation. God entered into chaos hmm. and he created through the chaos. And going back to what you said, even in the, in the last two clips, uh, well, logic, you know, God is logic and truth. And Satan operates in chaos and confusion right. and all those. Things. I mean, how do we not know we're male and female. I mean, how, how do you how do you even begin to have that kind of a debate? And yet, good-minded, good-hearted people get sucked in because, you know, there are components of truth in these discussions that, you know, you can get drawn into without the whole of the mm-hmm. truth. Mm-hmm. Um, but what I liked about it, and I think, yes, we got St. John Paul too, but I think we're all being called yeah. to be we that are. saint right where we are, to raise up to the truth and be able to stand it in love, in charity, in kindness, and just say, you know what? I just can't go along with this. I can't agree with it. Not because I hate you, not because I dislike you, but I can't let you live in a lie mm-hmm. when you've been so beautifully and wonderfully created. Right, yeah. right. That's- yeah, and I love going going back to that scripture, right? We are fearfully and wonderfully made and helping people know you are fearfully, wonderfully made. You are amazing the way you are. And the evil one is going to um, come after people in a lot of different ways. And yeah. this has just been one that just blows our minds, I think, sometimes to try to figure out because we want to be there for hurting people, too. Nobody here wants to hurt anybody further than they than they're already hurting. But it's it's the how yeah. it's it's what is the problem and how do we help fix the problem? And, yeah. And he seeks to marry us. Yes. He doesn't want to marry something with which he is not passionately, mindlessly in love with. Right. Yeah. That's yeah. He loves you. Yeah. yeah. It's he an totally amazing feeling. Yeah. I'm, I'm actually working with a group of women and we're t- I'm going to be talking about um, being being known, being yeah. loved. You know, being first, you got to be known and allow yourself to be known. Then you need to allow yourself to be loved. God wants you to be loved by him. He tells us he that's what he said when Jesus was baptized. This is my beloved son. It's his son. He wants us to belong. We are his sons and daughters. And then once we are known, loved, and we belong to him, we can become the light to the world. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that um, 
he loves us just the way we are. Yeah. Not, you know, you become something and then I love you. And I think that's the clarification, too, in this whole theology of the body. Male and female, they were created. But not every guy is going to look and feel the same. Right. And that's okay. Yeah. Every woman. I mean, there are more athletic women, more, you know, um, strong-willed women compared to other. But that doesn't mm -hmm. reject the femininity of who those women are. And we need to accept the fact that there is not a mold we can put everybody in because again, you said it, we're uniquely made in God yeah. with our own set of gifts and characteristics. Yeah. So here in the family room, we, we have been blessed to be able to hear from people like Christopher West, who travels all over the country and has for many years um, and around the world, actually, in mm -hmm. writing books and teaching people about theology of the body. Um, another gentleman who also is very involved in theology of the body and traveled all over the world um, speaking, he's spoken mostly on the just issue of chastity, um, but once also jumping into this issue of the sexual chaos going on today is Jason Everett. So we're going to listen to a clip of Jason right now. Some states, you could lose custody of your child if you refuse to give them puberty blockers. Oh and gosh. the system will treat the parent like you're the one that could cause, commit, get, get your kid to cause suicide because you're not affirming their true identity when you're the only one that is affirming the child's true identity. That was a great clip from Jason Everett. And before anything else, we'd encourage you to do two things. Number one, listen to the podcast. But number two, check out his book. It's, it's titled Male, Female, Other, A Catholic Guide to Understanding Gender, which seems pretty insane that in 2022, we'd have to write a book about understanding gender. And, and I'll just keep this short. Check it out. There is truth. Why we are confused is because we fail to face the truth. And so that uh, just great, great things to say about that whole clip and, and the work that Jason Everett is doing. Well, I think, too, you know, he brings out a fact that like we keep talking about it. There's a war, right? There's a war against our families, against our kids. Gender confusion leads into a lot of other things. And basically he's saying, look, and understand, folks, you know, there are forces that are going to come after us if we say no we're not going to put up with this. You know, there's that article about the guy whose wife is taking his son to California because you can't stop any of the transitioning going on in California. He has nowhere to fight. It's just a matter of guys, gent ladies, gentlemen. It's about just standing up for truth, Embraced. getting in the fight and saying, yeah, no, we're not going to keep putting up with this. Amen. Yep, and so that's why here in the family room, we give you resources like this to be able to help you in that fight. So once again, go back and listen to the great episode that we did with Jason Everett. So the next clip we're going to hear is from Bob and Susan Bott, who are uh, ministry leaders in, a, in an organization called Retrovi, which helps marriages that have hit really difficult times. And it, mm -hmm. it's been instrumental in turning people's marriages around, even those people who are on the brink of divorce or who have already divorced. So once again, here in the family room, we want to give you every resource we can to support your marriages, support your families. So you're going to hear this clip um, that gets into the heart of what was going on in their marriage. Listen up. We ended up having um, a lot of trouble with a, um, a rebellious son, our, our oldest son, our only son. Mm -hmm. And that became a very big problem, not just for him, but the way I wanted to handle it and the way 
Bob wanted to handle it were completely different, you know. Mm -hmm. um, and he felt that I was being too strict with him, and that's why he rebelled. And I thought that his um, easygoing attitude was just fueling that mm -hmm. rebelliousness. And he ended up, um, as a teenager, getting into um, some drug abuse, got in with the wrong crowd, and it became um, just the most heart-wrenching and difficult thing I ever thought I'd go through as a mother. Mm -hmm. um, and I just kept asking God, what did I do wrong? How can I make it right? And nothing was really working. And so when you listen to that clip, you hear a slice of what was going on at a difficult time in, in the marriage. Um, I would encourage you to go back and listen to the entire podcast, right? Because it's really bookended by some very important, by some, some rel very relevant um, experiences and some great experiential wisdom. Mm -hmm. There's, it, it helps understand dynamics and, and they'll share a concept that I think is super important. When they understood in retrovi, where, where these were difficult situations, very difficult situations in marriages, they were amazed at, at how many normal people were in very difficult situations, mm, right? Yeah. So I think that there's a lot to learn from, from a broader listen to that conversation. Yeah. Yeah, and I agree with you because, you know, you sit back and you look at what strains marriage, and frankly, it's not the big things a lot of times, it's the little things, whether it's... In I, let me rephrase that. Having your son get drug addicted is not yeah, a, a little thing. thing. But the point is, the little thing was, how are you approaching it? How am I approaching right. it? Mm -hmm. right. We disagree. So now all of a sudden it blows up. And I think that that's where the resource um, helps you get through understanding that. And I look at it. We've had other shows that talk about, you know, understanding the mind of the woman, understanding the mind and the heart of a guy and being able to differentiate. We are going to see things differently, but how, what's the ultimate goal? Strong marriage, helping our kids, and how do we work together to do that? So I think that's a great um, clip and a great um, interview. Yeah. One of the other things I really appreciated about talking to the bots is how real they were. Mm -hmm. um, you could hear it yeah. in the clip there, but they were very willing to be open to open up their hearts, their lives, share the intimacy. And I think that's what's missing in the world today. And so many times, right, when we say, we don't know what's going on behind closed doors. We don't know what's going on be in people's lives because the evil one wants to keep everything hidden and in darkness. And as soon as you open it up, as soon as you take the Band-Aid off that wound, you allow the intimacy to, to be there, to be totally out there in the open. That's when the light of Christ can come and the healing can begin. And I think that their story was a beautiful story of how they they were dealing with a lot of things and they've worked with other couples who are dealing with a lot of things. And Retrovive, this ministry helps people open it up, pull the Band-Aid off and let the healing begin. They were living, they are living, breathing proof that you get all the grace you need the mm -hmm. day you say I do in the sacrament of matrimony. Yes. And it came back to them when they desperately needed because they were both open to, to doing something. so And willing to work. I mean, yeah. I think we've lost the sense that, you know, our spiritual life is work. Our marriages oh are work. Yeah. But why are they work? As you, we've said multiple times on this show, because you've got an enemy <laughs> that is trying to drop little bombs on the battle thing. rages. Every day you turn yeah. around yeah. and it's like, doggone, I got to get up and fight every single day. But the battle's been won. 
Mm-hmm. As you said, Mary, Christ enters into that stuff. John, God gave us the grace. Yeah. Survive this, survive everything going on. Why are we so afraid to jump into the battle like, oh my gosh, this is too daunting. I mean, dang, let's get at it. Yeah. Yeah, let's go. <laughs> We're ready to rumble. <laughs> you can leave that or take it out as you see fit. So we're going to give you a final glimpse into one of our past shows from 2022. And on this show, we had as our guest, Susan Milani. She's a regular wife, mom, um, parishioner here in our area. And uh, she had an amazing story. She actually was the child of Holocaust survivors. And she um, had told us about her whole journey from Mm -hmm. becoming Jewish, being raised Jewish and becoming Catholic. Um, and I think what you're going to hear in the, this next clip, though, is she then talks about walking out her faith, which is what we're all called to do. And so that's what we want to encourage. We want to be encouraged. Each uh, three of us want to be encouraged, but we want to encourage you to continue to walk out your faith by sharing the word of God, the love of God with everybody in your life. So take a listen. So I would just encourage parents to be bold in getting involved with their kids, friends, and in their lives, even when they're 24 and 20, they're still your kids, yep. and you can uh, still speak into them. That's great awesome. advice. Uh, so I was, we're kind of jotting here, like, well, how would you, what would you tell them? And so I would encourage them yeah. to just be bold. Yeah, just be bold. And don't, you're always a parent, right? I mean, and they can get mad at you or they can say, mom, that's too much, or please don't text that or whatever. Well, okay, I'll, I might scale it back a little bit, but I have, never, <laughs> I have never yet gotten a text back to say- Stop. Stop. Right, very mm-hmm. cool. Yeah. So let's keep going then. So they're high school, you got them, you're encouraging them to be bold. Yeah. Then they're off to college. And let's just say they uh, there's somebody listening and their kids did not have your influence or their influence in high school. They're in college. The conclusion is they're in college. They're going to get married. It's too late. No. Talk to that. I don't think it's ever too late. I have nieces and nephews that are in their 30s, and I will do the same thing for them where I will send them. Just wanted to let you know that I'm praying for you today. Just those words. Even friends of my sons who are uh, one in particular that is playing for a minor league baseball team. He went to Blessed Trinity, mm-hmm. went to Wofford College, was drafted, and is doing really well. I spoke with him on FaceTime the other day. He calls me back after I texted him just to say, Mama Milani, you have no idea how much your texts mean to me. Now, this kid's 23 years old. It's never too late to speak into them. You don't know what they need on any particular day. I would add one more thing after listening to that, Mark, to your description of Susan. Susan is a warrior, mm-hmm. right? And she is highly weaponized in, <laughs> in, in the art of, you know, grace fighting, grace-filled fighting and spirit-filled fighting. And Craig, you always remind us, as you should, that the battle rages. And it's not the battle rages, oh my, what are we going to do? Mm-hmm. The battle rages, praise God, get engaged, fight the fight, and she is right out there leading the pack. That's what I loved about what she did. Yeah, she is very bold. Yes. Yeah. Well, it made me laugh, too, because, you know, I'm 57, my mother's nine. 94 in March. Mm. She is constantly still, you know, I listened to this today. Did you listen Mm. to that? Constantly putting the faith out there. We have very faithful discussions. But the interesting part was when I was 15, 16, here's a tape from Father so and so. Yeah, yeah, whatever, you know, or she'd force me to listen and I hated it, (laughs) but it had an impact. And over time, It's like, I'm not going to let her know I'm listening to that tape right now, but I'm going to go listen to it. 
So her constant reminder and her constant just throwing things out there put me on a path where now I do it. I listen to it. Like I said, at 90, almost 94, she's constantly doing it, but she does it with my kids because amazingly, mm -hmm. she knows how to text at 94 years old. God, That's awesome. God bless her. And my kids get a kick out of it because I was thinking about you. I was praying for you. You know, are you going to mass today? Um, they don't have to respond. They don't have to even listen or, or whatever, or read it. But it's just that constant reminder that there's something bigger and better out there. So it just made me laugh because how true her story really is. Yeah. Uh, you know what I love about what you just shared, too, is we can speak into the lives of other people's kids and how powerful that is. Yeah. It was in her story. She speaks into the lives of the kids who are friends with her kids. But then your mom speaking into the lives of your kids. And I think it it you know it's, it's a great reminder, um, encourager for all of us. I'm sitting here thinking about all the lives I could be speaking into that maybe I'm not taking the time to do that with just a simple text, a right. simple note, a simple scripture verse. And and you are more credible than parents sometimes on the exact same topic yeah. just because you're not mom and dad. Exactly. Yeah. yeah. yeah and you're really point. just talking about it. You said encouragement. Yeah. I mean, you talked earlier, I want to be seen. I want to be heard, right? Hey, look, you came to mind today. Yeah. I just wanted you to know I thought about you. I said a quick prayer for you. You're not preaching. You're not teaching sometimes. Just... I love you. I mean, it's really what it says. Yeah. You're just being Christ. Yeah. Awesome. So I enjoyed that. That was really fun to look back at 2022 and just be reminded of some of the amazing guests and some of the very profound conversations. I think, honestly, to me, as I listened and as I thought back to this, it was very convicting. Yeah. The things yeah. we learned and the additional things that maybe I could be putting into practice in my life with my family. What about you guys? Now that's 100% right. I mean, I think, you know, at the end of the year, when you do a look back, right, you know, what's happened in that, um, overwhelmed by the faith of a lot of the people we talked to, the, the local people that mm -hmm. you know, were so drilled into their faith, the national people that are doing big things, and, and, and animated me to, all right, Lord, what does 23 look like mm -hmm. based on what I've heard? How do I put that into practice? Only because I want to get closer to you and I want to have that marriage relationship that we talked about um, because it changes me. Yeah. Right. And I yeah. need a lot of change. <laughs> I think, yeah, it was it was really good to go back and hear all those things. And I love I have a kind of a nostalgic touch in, in, in my personality. But I think two things were were profound to me number one is gratitude mm -hmm. how grateful for the amazing talent that god put across our path yeah. and then as you said mari kind of convicting or edified it's like wow these are these are really good people doing really good things and they're not like saint john paul's right they're just normal people like us yeah so for those of you who be who've been listening we also want to thank you we thank you for being faithful listeners over this past year of the family room thank you for spreading the word would you close us in prayer absolutely the father son holy spirit amen. amen heavenly father we thank you for your goodness we thank you for your grace we thank you for raising up strong people of the faith Help us to move forward into 23, growing in our faith, growing in our love for you, and growing in, a, in love for our uh, neighbors around us so we can be a light of Christ. I just pray all this in Jesus' name through Mary's intercession. Amen. 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 Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. So listen to us again next week here in the Family Room, where we offer hope, encouragement, truth, and wisdom for families. Thanks for hanging out with us in the family room, sponsored by Versprite. For more info, go to thequestatlanta.com.